If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a moment right now. And if you haven't already done so, subscribe to the show, share it with a friend or family member, and leave a review. We love to see them. It helps to make the show better. Now let's get started. Welcome to the Office Flip-Flops podcast. My name is Francesca Zampaglione, and I am an entrepreneur, confidence builder, resilience connoisseur, and a lover of all things coffee. Each week, we'll bring you inspirational people and messages that will guide you to unleashing the best version of yourself. Let's dive in. Welcome to this week's episode of Office Flip Flops. I am Francesca, your host. Thank you for being here. Today's topic is on body language. This is such an important understanding for all of us as leaders, any of us in relationships, whatever they may be, because here's the thing. Our bodies, the body language and our facial gestures or expressions, if you will, always tell the truth. But sometimes what comes out of our mouth doesn't match. So there is a way to know these things. And my expert today knows these things. Her name is Shelly O'Donovan. She's a lecturer at the Wharton School. And she also has her own business in helping business leaders in the pharmaceutical industry become better, effective, and more effective communicators. But I'm so thrilled to have her here today because she shares some, I think, very important information for us to understand. Say, for example, if we are in an interview situation, whether we are the interviewer or the interviewee, things to be aware of in big situations like that. So I love the information that she shares. And also, this is the first time that I was able to secure an expert like this on the topic. So I can't wait for you to listen in to Shelly O'Donovan's expertise. And here she is. Shelly O'Donovan, what an incredible, beautiful smile you have. I am so grateful that you're here today. Um, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I started my career in politics and learned some really interesting things in politics around how to influence. And then I moved into roles within um, the healthcare system and pharma, all trying to influence on behalf of my employers and, and really on behalf of patients to move the policy um, issues on the both the federal and state levels. And so in all of those places, I started to notice patterns and they were patterns that needed to happen at the personal level. So ways that people could really move up. And I learned a lot of tricks and tips and a lot of kind of backdoor ways to influence in politics that I've since used. Um, and in 2015, I opened up my own business after having a career in pharma. And I teach people all those tips and tricks to move up the corporate ladder and train teams to kind of work better together and all of those things. And so, you know, it's a lot of the political stuff that I've learned and it's a skill that anybody can learn. It just takes a little bit of time and a little bit of practice. I love that so much because we are all looking to up level and share um and understand tips and tricks that will help us up-level our career. So that's what we talked about in the green room, right? Shelly's like, perhaps there's some body language tips that you can share with us today. What are you thinking? Yeah, so a couple of things. So first, I would start you off with your first impression. So when you meet someone, we almost immediately make a first impression of someone. And Mm -hmm. we often think that this is really when we start speaking, but it's not. 
So if by chance you and I had had not met before today and we ran into each other in the um the coffee, you know, the coffee place and I was like fumbling to get my coffee and I'm just looking really disheveled and you didn't necessarily know who I am, but then I come in to tape the interview and you see me. That first impression may already be there from when you saw me in the coffee shop fumbling and then you might have this idea that I'm disorganized. So the first thing I would tell people is really take command of that first impression. If you know that you're going to be walking into a room, just make sure that you're not like struggling with your bag, that you have open body language, your head up high, and that you're walking in confidently. Yeah. So it's interesting though, because take command of that first impression before you walk in the room too, because you said, had we met by chance, perhaps in a coffee line, that's when that is created. That that That's when I would have had the chance to create that first impression. So it's not just right before, it's kind of like all the time, right? Like be attentive to what you want people to know. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and really, and I say that, I don't want people to get too nervous about that because I sure. know, in like, especially in interviews and things, folks can get really nervous about that. But just knowing like how you want to carry yourself in the world makes a huge difference in how you're perceived. I love that. That's such a great tip because can we shake a first impression when we, I mean, is, can we shake that? And if we can, I would think it would take a long time. Yes. So you can change a first impression, Mm. um, but it's difficult because you will always have that that idea of that person. And so it takes a while for them. It's almost like a, I don't want to say it's a trust issue, but it almost is. It's like something that has to be overturned then. So you have to be careful about how you're, how you're perceived in the world or what you're putting out there. Mm, Thank you for sharing that. Cause I always wondered if it is something that we could change, what else can we share that can help us up level what we do? Yeah. So, um, so I just mentioned trust for a second and, um, I would ask you to think about the first time you meet somebody, what part of the body do you think you notice first? Mm, Their face. I I try to look up and make direct eye contact. Me personally, I, I guess everyone has a different answer, but yeah. Yeah. So the research actually nets out that most people look for hands and I know this really interesting, but hands, if you go back to like caveman times, essentially, if I saw you walking down a dirt path, I would want to see your hands because I want to know if you have a weapon. I want to know if you're a friend or a foe. And so subconsciously our mind still does this. It's still trying to figure out like, can I, you know, can I trust this person? And um, so it's looking for your hands. And so if you can, I know some people don't like to talk with their hands, but if you can at least level up your game a little bit to talk with your hands and have your hands out, um, that becomes a game changer in how people trust you. And so in the beginning of any interaction, if you can show your hands, that builds the trust and starts to build trust very quickly. I love that because... Perhaps I use my hands too much. <laughs> Italian. So it's like, well, what if she sits on her hands? Can she continue the conversation? Well, probably not. But anyway, it is something that I too, Shelly, share in the work that I get to do and how important it is. Yes, because once we show our palms, 
we're, we're not holding anything in there, right? Yeah. That's why when we shake somebody's hand, we can see that when we're in person, but here we are virtually and have the ability to establish this basis of trust because we're here free and clear, waving hello and showing our hands. I love that tip. It's, yeah. it's absolute perfection. Let's share another. Okay. So an, another thing to be careful of, especially in big moments, right? If that's an interview or anything or a presentation that you're giving is just to be mindful of things that you might be doing that you might not realize you're doing that are nervous gestures. So mm -hmm. this could be anything like rubbing your arm or like I once taught, I teach at Wharton as well. And I um, had a public speaking class with me. And there was a woman in my class who the whole time she was like stroking her hair every time she gave a presentation and it's just a nervous gesture. So I told her, pull back your hair. Every time you present, I want you to bring, you know, ponytail holder bag and pull your hair back. And that took that gesture away. So I often tell folks to video themselves, even if it's in a Zoom meeting and just see if there's something funny you're doing repeatedly. And we sometimes do that because we're nervous, but also it can come out if we're just bored, if, you know, we're kind of done with the meeting and, and we're, you know, just kind of sitting fidgeting. So you want to know what those things are. And most people have some things um, mm. as well that are, are those fidgeting things. Right. Because what does that do? It distracts the person who's sitting across from you, right? It does. Absolutely. Even I worked with a company who um, a few years ago who does, they do these big like basement installations in people's houses. So they have a sales force that goes into somebody's house and uh, I was talking to the CEO and we found out that all the salespeople had these like clickable pens and they were clicking the pens when they would get to the point where they had to uh, give the price because they were all nervous about that part of the wow. <laughs> And And once we figured out that was happening, the next day the CEO was like, that's it, no more clickable pens. So you could not have a clickable pen at that company from that day forward. It is so cool. And I can totally see that happening because then, you know, the person who you're giving the estimate to starts to pick up on that and makes them nervous. Well, that's interesting. That, I love that research. Thank you for sharing that. Um, body language is so important, right? And, and it also shows if we're calm or nervous without even trying, right? It does definitely. And that's one thing you can only control so much. So if you get into a situation where you're triggered in a meeting or something like there, you can control some of it, but you may not can be able to control it a hundred percent. So right. I often tell people if that happens and somebody triggers you and you're angry to give your brain something else to do for a second. Like the big trick that I tell people is, you know, count, I don't know, count the pencils that are sitting on the desk or to ask yourself what color the wall is or something. Cause it just turns off that section of the brain for a second and it'll calm you down. Wow. That is a great tip, right? Think of something else. Like you said, count the pencils, look at the color of the wall. Um, because I can imagine this happens all the time in business meetings or interviews or interactions where, you know, you get all worked up and you're not really sure how to manage that. So that's an incredible tip. Is there something else we can think about? um, that we can share to help us. Yeah. So the other thing is that sometimes if we get nervous or, um, 
usually if we get nervous, like if somebody puts us on the spot, you actually, so because of my background in politics, I geek out on watching like all the hearings from Washington. So I bet I, you do. <laughs> yeah. I catch these behaviors all the time. Um, but when you get really nervous, you might start to touch something called the super sternal notch. It's like right here, like right, like right here, the bottom of your neck. Yeah. yeah. You can feel it a little bit. So if you're really nervous, usually subconsciously try to get at that. And so if you watch those hearings from Washington, that's when the, the man who's testifying will start to grab the tie and acts like he can't, you know, he can't breathe the tie or a woman might, she's got a necklace on, she might be playing with the necklace. And that's a way that we're trying to get at that to calm ourselves down. And it goes wow. back to our babies and our mom would like stroke us, like stroke our backs to calm us down. So it's an innate thing that we do, but it looks very funny and nervous if somebody sees you. However, it is a great trick to use if you're in a private space and you have to go do something big. So like if you're behind stage before giving a big presentation, if you can touch that for a second, it actually releases a hit of oxytocin. Wow. And down. Wow. But and it doesn't matter which hand we use, right, Shelly? No, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Just you kind of rub it a little bit. You just don't want people to see you do it because it does look like, you know, you're nervous or something's funny. Right. Well, like you said, like the young lady who was pulling at her hair and for doing that, yes, it's distracting. And other people begin to think like, oh, what's going on over there right. with her or him, right? So yeah. that's incredible. You know, one thing um, I remember sitting through a presentation where this woman was a specialist and could pick up on lies when people were lying. You're yeah. laughing, yeah. right? What's, and I, like I said, I've, I geeked out over that because I was like, this is so interesting. Is there a common trait that people who lie, if there is? So, or yeah, well, there is and there isn't. So the big thing with lie detection is that you have to baseline somebody. So, and the way yeah. that you do that is you start by trying to see how they act during normal conversation. And then you start to ask them some questions, which might make them a little bit nervous, um, but wouldn't, but they wouldn't lie about because then you can see what their nervous kind of gestures might be. Sure. And then, you, and then you might go into like the heavy questions. So it's similar to what a lie detect detector does. And it's, you're looking at changes. And then there are things statistically that liars do that sometimes from a statistical perspective, um, you see more that liars do. So one of it is, um, a, a side shoulder shrug. So if I started to lie to you, I might, I might, my one shoulder might go up for a second. Um, that's one. It's not a hundred percent though. So I might do that when I lie, but you may not. So that's sure. why you really have to know the person. So it's actually a pretty involved, um, a pretty involved process to learn how to do lie detection. And we can get you. So at most of the time, the average person has about a 50 2% rate of figuring out whether somebody is lying. If we yeah. teach you lie detection, we can get that up to about a 93% rate, right. but there's right. always a margin of error there. Right. Thank you for sharing because 
it's not the same for everyone. Like you said, it's important to understand their baseline, their personality traits, because it's individual. And I just thought it was universal across the board. Like if, you know, they're using their left hand a lot and covering their mouth and their nose, but who knows, right? Like we have to do that baseline testing. Exactly. And so you might know, so for example, I think when, um, when Clinton was on the stand and he was being asked about the affair with Lewinsky, his right. blink rate went from something like 20 some percent all the way up to like 90% a minute or something or 90 blinks a minute. So something like that, but that's a really big jump in, yeah. in that um, change in that baseline. So you might catch that. I, so I obviously like know how to lie detect, but it takes so much work to really focus on someone. So I'm always much better if I'm looking at a video and trying to do it because I can stop and go back and look and um, sure. But occasionally I'll catch somebody out like in regular conversations. What a <laughs> cool. The other, thing, the other thing to know is that we always we all lie. So right. And you know some of them are white lies like your friend asks you if you like her new dress and you say, oh yeah, that looks great on you. And you don't really think that, but you want to save her feelings. And other times it's those really big lies, right? Um, so those are some things to, to think about when you think about lie detection. That is so cool. Like we could spend an entire hour, I'm sure, based on your knowledge and skill. Um, but what we're summing up here is that how important your body language is and how much it talks before you say a word, right? Yeah. Just write your actions and your gestures and everything um, really do carry a lot of meaning. And it's important to notice that. And I love your tips too, Shelly, and how we can record ourselves in video. Like you said, perhaps we have a nervous tick that you know we're not aware of. So I, I you know, Think that everyone should try to look at themselves because it's a hybrid world like this isn't going away no. right so it's important to understand the messages that we convey uh in a virtual space uh, also in person but more importantly what are we what we're doing here so i love the work that you do but i know that there's something pretty cool like what's in is there an important piece of clothing or accessory that you wear that helps you get into that confidence space yeah. So I always have like a go-to dress. And so okay. I, so right now it's a Navy blue dress. It's got like a little, um, I don't even know what they call it, but it's like a little flirty skirt around it. And, um, it's just super cute. And I just always feel really confident in it. And I, as somebody who teaches body language, I think it's so important, especially in those high stakes moments to have something on that makes you feel confident in the moment. I love that you shared that because I absolutely agree. We should in interviews, mm. even like if we can do it every day to make sure we have something on, maybe it doesn't have to be that dynamite piece, but everything that we wear should help us feel like confident in our approach. So yeah, there's absolutely. a direct correct connection, right? Absolutely. And I would even say, if you want to take it a step further, if you really want to stand out somewhere, you know, consider that too. I was talking to a woman recently who said, I walked into the, do this interview. And she's like, I was going to wear the hot pink dress. And she's like, because I, worst case, I wanted them to say she was the one in the hot pink dress. So they remembered who I was. Right. So that's another trick too, that you can use with, with, um, clothing. Yeah. Be memorable. Yes. Right? 
she wanted that piece so that she would stick out and be memorable um, aside from, you know, her presentation of self. So that's cool. You have such great advice and I would love it for people to continue the conversation and follow you. Where's the best place for them to find you? So the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. And the reason is because I release tips almost every day on LinkedIn. So it's um, at Shelly O'Donovan. Great. So what I'll do, Shelly, is I'll put that link in the show notes because I encourage everyone to follow her. Her tips are fantastic, which is why I have her on the show today. So um, thank you so much for your time. I know you're a busy, busy woman and I appreciate you and everything that you shared with us today. Thank you so much. It was such, such fun to be here. <laughs> so much fun. Thank you. How great were Shelly's tips today, right? So I encourage you to follow her on LinkedIn and look at her videos and just learn more. There's so much more to learn about body language and what we can do to improve our image, right? And here are my top three takeaways of my time with Shelly today. Number one, you almost immediately make a first impression. It happens before you start speaking. So to manage the impressions that you make, pay attention when you walk into a room, walk in with confidence, and have your head held up high. Number two, to determine if you're trustworthy, most people look for hands, right? And this dates back to caveman times when it was important to determine the difference between friend or foe, friend and foe. So our subconscious still works the same way today to determine if that person is trustworthy. So try to have your hands out when meeting someone and show them as early as possible. And number three, during big moments like interviews, for example, be careful and mindful of nervous gestures that you may not be fully aware of, like rubbing your arm or twirling your hair or doing something repeatedly. She tells us, and I didn't know this, most people have a fidgeting tendency. So let's pay attention to that. Remember that pen clicking example that she shared? Like it's just everywhere. So now that you know this, I bet you, you will notice it more and more every day. So here's the bonus takeaway, my friends. If you're feeling nervous or put it on the spot, think about touching the base of your neck, that space in between the collarbones, right? If you can just find a private space to do this and it will help calm you down. My friends, between now and next week, I hope you have a great one and I'll see you next time. I hope today's episode inspired you. Make sure you check out the show notes with the important links for my guest. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the show. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please share it with a friend via text or on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let me know what your favorite takeaway was on social media. I love hearing the feedback from you and it helps make this show better. And if no one has told you today, I want to remind you that you matter, you are not alone, and to stay inspired by what you heard today. Thank you.